This is the Kingdom Movement Podcast, a place where we will explore through conversation how discipleship, theology, and community really can transform our world. This is Jake and Paulo and Siamo here with another episode. Today we are going to be discussing the um, basically the idea of discipleship. I'm really excited about this one. Really, discipleship is at the core of everything we do in Kingdom Movement. So we really wanted to kind of dedicate a whole episode to talk about what is discipleship, what does it look like, um, and how we can implement it in our lives. But I'll let you guys say hello quickly. Yes, hello. Uh... Yeah, I'm excited to be here and talk about discipleship. That's a very exciting topic for me. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I love the awkward intros. Yeah. Praise God. I'm also excited, but I can't say that because it's like I'm copying Paolo. You can copy me, no problem. Mm. <laughs> so back to what we were here for, discipleship. So just to give maybe a brief uh, explanation of kind of what the Bible means when it talks about discipleship, and then we can kind of dive into broader what does discipleship mean for our own lives how we can practice it but um so basically in jesus's day a disciple wasn't something like exclusive to jesus it wasn't like a new term he made up in fact discipleship had been around for a really long time even started in the greek world so like if you've ever heard of aristotle or socrates they were disciples uh Wow, I'm blanking on his name right now. Whatever. We're going to move on so I don't look like a fool. But they were disciples, right, of a certain philosophy. So basically with discipleship, in Jesus' day, there was kind of three stages. The first stage was basically everyone. It was kind of like the basics um, up until you were, I think, like 10 or something. Um, you basically memorized the first five books of the Bible. That was baseline. So imagine that. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Numbers. A lot of boring ones in there, right? <laughs> to them, it wasn't boring, though. This was God's law. Yeah. So they literally had it memorized, um, which kind of makes us seem a little less smart than, uh, <laughs> than what we think. So after that, uh, most people were done, right? Like they, they were moving on to their careers or whatever their family did. But if you were exceptionally bright or exceptionally talented... Then you would go into the next phase and you would kind of basically follow a certain rabbi around and kind of study the Bible more, study the, the Torah, or beyond the Torah, you would study kind of the law, the Psalms, get into all of that stuff. And then if you were even more exceptionally bright, then you would approach a rabbi and want to follow them. So the rabbi would basically kind of evaluate you, you would take a rigorous test, they would grill you on your biblical knowledge, and then if they thought you were good enough, they would say, come and follow me. And so you would basically live with your rabbi, you would eat the same way your rabbi eats, you would use the bathroom the same way, I'm just joking, but like they literally would mimic their life, that was the purpose, was to mimic their life, to become like them, and to do what they did. And so when Jesus goes up to some fishermen who probably only did the first five books of the Bible and then were done, right? And he says, follow me. He is inviting them to disciple their lives to his teaching. 
So essentially, he is inviting them by saying, come and be with me. Come and be my disciples. I think a better word for our own day is apprentice. So like when I have my plumber come, right? He always has that young guy. And the plumber just sits there and he doesn't do any work. (laughs) It's the young guy who's doing all the work because the plumber already knows. He's training the young guy. He's helping apprentice or disciple him to be an expert plumber, right? So when Jesus then says, I'm going to make you fishers of men, he's not just using a weird picture analogy, right? Fishers of men was actually a term used for really, really powerful teachers or rabbis. So when he says, come and follow me, he's saying, come and be my disciples, be like me, live with me, um, do life with me, and I will make you powerful teachers of God's word. So that's essentially what Jesus is inviting these common men into, these guys who would not have been accepted by uh, the rabbis of the day because they weren't the brightest or the most brilliant. And he starts saying this to people all over the place, right? It's not just the 12. We kind of have that the 12 as the picture of our mind, but Jesus had more disciples than that, right? Yeah. And so he's going around and saying, come and follow me, be a part of my life. So this is a radical idea in Jesus' day of... Um, what a disciple means right and so in our own lives when it comes to discipleship really i think it's a good way of framing it we are apprenticing our lives to jesus so that means we need to be with jesus like his you know obviously we can't physically be with him like the disciples so we can explore what does that mean to be with jesus now we become like jesus i think a lot of people have never even thought about <laughs> like Jesus. What do you mean? You know, yeah. um, and we can explore that. And then it's do what Jesus did, right? Yeah. That's the point of being a disciple. And again, I think people will be like, "What do you mean, do what Jesus did?" Right? But that's what the Bible says that his disciples did, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of want to just explore that, explore what how discipleship has mm-hmm. changed your guys's life and my life, and what that means in practice. So I'll hand it over to you. I'm guessing Paul is going to go first. Right? So that's the pattern. Yeah. Uh, can you repeat the question? Yeah. So let's maybe start with be with Jesus, yes. right? Okay. So on the discipleship journey, that's kind of the first step. Mm-hmm. So what are maybe the practices or moments in your life or the decision that made you say, you know, I want to be with Jesus. I want to apprentice my life to him. And how has that maybe transformed your life? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that's... Of course, yeah, there is a beginning to everything. There is yeah. one point uh, into everything, but then that's something that you have to constantly, you know, choose and tell yourself that mm-hmm. you want to be. You know, I want to be with you. I want to invest my life constantly, you yeah. know, with learning uh, and everything. Uh, so for me, uh, I don't know if by being with Jesus you mean salvation. Uh, um, but yeah, yeah, I have I have a moment in my life. That's when the moment that I said, yeah, I really want to invest my life, my full attention into this this person that is Jesus and everything, you know. Uh, so that's when I got a few weeks before I got baptized. Okay. That's when I had kind of understood, like, hey. The thing that you learned or as Christians, as kids, you know, growing up, learning about this Jesus, you know, but he's a personal person. He's someone, he's a person that you can really have a good relationship and get close to him. And I think for me, that was when I started realizing, oh, I saw Jesus, this king, you know, is out there and I have to follow him and obey him, but has this personal 
person that I have to really invest the relationship with and then just being there with him and then you know work allow him to come and change transform my life by him coming and showing flaws in my personality and yeah. helping me you know go through all these flaws and then getting closer to him yeah. you know so for me that's when things started this journey of just coming that's why I said it's not just one time yeah. thing mm -hmm. but it's constant thing because I just feel like there are a lot of things for me that whenever I choose that whenever I put myself in that position you know that's when Jesus come and become a friend but also he highlights flaws yeah. in me things in me that needs to be worked on and okay. then we start working on that yeah so maybe I'll give a clarifying question yes, to that as well so be with Jesus um, I think is the practice of spending time in God's presence oh, right yeah. and so sometimes we can say the spiritual disciplines help mm -hmm. us uh, I know in oh, Africa yeah. something that Africans have say it, my experience of African church that does way better than American church is like a practice of fasting mm -hmm. right but I think sometimes the problem is we do these things just to do these things because we know they're church things mm -hmm. but maybe let you know I'll hand it over to you to speak how you want to on it what your personal practices that help you be with Jesus, mm -hmm. let's say. Um, but I think I want to get behind the why of some of these, right? Oh, yes. The heart behind okay. them, because we can just do things. Uh -huh. the, the practices are not an end to themselves. Yes. Mm -hmm. They are a means to experience, mm -hmm. experiencing yeah. the presence of Jesus. So being with Jesus, how do you guys spend time in Jesus' oh, yes. presence? Oh, because yeah. I think that's kind of a, it's a hard idea for people to come. Mm -hmm. yes. They're like, what do you mean? You talk to God. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. if someone's a new follower of Jesus, they need these practices mm -hmm. to help them. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, I think for me, most of the things that I've learned are way like connected to uh, the movement and just me being here and everything. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's when I started learning uh, uh, about like relationship, about just God is not just just this person you know this thing that is out there but it's someone who can you can really develop a relationship so for me being with Jesus what does that mean that means that being aware everywhere I am you know just like he's here you know he's with me you know and then just with that start communicating with him you know just start bringing him into whatever I'm doing you know and one thing that I like to do now I reduced I used to like to play a lot of games you know and just like like kind of bring him into that game you know and I used to be very competitive and like I, I want to win and everything now I say it but it's I don't feel like it's the same thing you know as before because I would want to win and I would do whatever I can you know to just win but when I started bringing Jesus into those games I just started realizing oh, I was being selfish you know mm -hmm. I was just being you know and I would just use tricks you know to just trick someone to do something and then just with that you know and then so I can win, you know. So that's one thing I just realized and I just using that, but just bringing him into this, you know, he would start showing like, mm, I don't think that's good, you know. You want me to play the game with you, but you're doing this, you know. Mm -hmm. And this is what you're doing. You're making these people feel this way and everything. So being with Jesus is just bringing him into whatever you're doing, yeah. you know. And just saying, hey, yeah, I'm doing this. What do you think? You want to be part of this? Yeah. I'm reading this book. I'm watching this movie. You want to be part of this movie, you know. And then you just realizing there are movies that you don't want to invite Jesus to, yeah. you know. Yeah. And then you just, once you have this relationship with him, just realizing, ah, oh, do I want to watch this without him, you know. Mm -hmm. Do I want to kick him out from this, you know. You just realizing, 
it's not important you to watch that thing you know yeah. maybe you can watch this other thing you know yeah. so just inviting him into whatever you're yeah. doing anything you're doing and i just feel like that kind of killed that idea of like having a time in this specific place uh, to come and meet god you yeah. know and everything mm. so yeah. yeah so kind of what i'm hearing you say one of the practices of being with jesus is just inviting him into your everyday life mm -hmm. uh, and there's a great book that talks about waking up to the presence oh, of yes. god and so just in our everyday moments whether you're walking in school or on the combi or at your home just saying god what do you want to say to me yeah. today or mm -hmm. what do you think about this so mm -hmm. essentially taking the things that are in our hearts and our minds and just presenting them before god and then listening to what he has yes. to say and so i think maybe siamo you can speak to this as well. i want you to say what you're <laughs> going to say um, but also, how do you how do you know? Let's say someone's probably going to ask, "Well, how do I know this is God's voice?" I've heard that several times. <laughs> how do I know like this is what God is telling me to do, and not just myself? So, I'll let you answer, and then maybe you can respond as well. Like how you distinguish between, "Oh, this is just me," versus "This is what God." Mm -hmm. I feel like God is asking me to do. So, an example would be maybe I need to quit watching the show, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. or whatever, you know. But I'll let you speak. Okay, um, for me. Everything started because I always had a distorted view of who God was. Mm. Not in a like, oh, I hated God or anything, but he was this legalistic person. And I believed I had to be religious or perfect in order to live with him. Mm. So I never understood that I was worthy of God's presence until mm. I was, well, a bit older. So... When I first truly gave my life to Christ, I believed I had to be perfect in order to allow God into yeah. my life. So I never really spent time with God, if mm. I could put it that way. I always prayed, okay, God, forgive me all of all my sins. And then that was it. And I'm like, okay, Tiamo, now you have to live perfectly. Mm. And then I later learned that he wants to meet me where I am. Mm. And that's what changed everything. And that's what changed how... I invited him just like Paolo invited him into everything that I did and it was like the morning from the moment I wake up it's just giving thanks and all that and then it's in the little things as well I think we we don't realize how big the little things yes. are it's okay um, I need to do this can I Lord is it okay for me to do this mm -hmm. even in your head for like that brief few yeah. seconds it it helps you build in the beginning, it may seem like it's dumb because you might not hear God's voice, mm -hmm. but it builds a habit that allows him to work in. I don't yeah. know if that makes sense. Yeah. It's like you build a space where he is invited yeah. into everything that you do. So by the time you feel, by the time you're close with him and you have a like close relationship with him, you already have these things in place that yeah. are going to assist in ensuring that he's always there that's great yeah. yeah so to answer your question i think it's relationship i think a lot of times i've heard from people and it's in order to know god's voice you need to have a relationship yes. with him yeah. a deep relationship with him i will never mistake in my father's voice for somebody else's oh, that's voice. good yeah so yeah. if i continuously speak to him i will be able to sieve out what's mm -hmm. me and what's him it's great and yeah, I think you put it in the best way. It's a relationship thing, you know. Mm. I spend a lot of time with you, Jake, so I know your voice. <laughs> even from, and if your Can you voice, miss it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
so yeah even like for me and your voice is really uh, it's loud you know mm. and i can be across the room you know <laughs> i would hear oh, jake is here you know yeah. and everything you know and even for you for example i know your voice you know because we we, we spend quite a bit amount of time you know just talking and everything you know yeah. and the thing is i know Siamo will never say the F word, you know? So yeah. if I hear someone's voice, even if it's a close to your voice, and I, I hear the F word, I'm like, I know that's not Siamo, you know? Mm. Because you, 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 you've never said that with me, you know? And I expect that that's how you would, you would do it mm. you know, if I hear you across the room, you know? So even with God's voice, you know, you start knowing him, you know? You start knowing what are the things yeah. that he says, you know? Mm. Reading the Bible, you know more about his personality and everything, you know? So there are things that you will hear voices saying, you know, that can sound like God's voice. And then you just, the, yeah. the person is doing, saying something that it's not supposed to be God. You just realize, okay, maybe that's not God, you yeah. know. Mm. So it's this relationship, just knowing him, knowing what he says, you know, how, knowing how he is and everything, yeah. you know. Mm. That's when you start, you know, even these bad ideas, you know, a bad thing, bad voice that comes, you know. You start, no, no, this is not God's voice because yeah. he wouldn't mm. say that. Yeah. So kind of what I'm hearing you guys say as well, that the more that we allow God to speak into our lives, the more we can begin to define the characteristic of that voice. Yeah. Yes. Like we know, okay, because I've seen over a, a period of time, this is what God's voice sounds like in my mm -hmm. life. Now I know or I, it can help me distinguish between, you know, other competing voices in my head yes. or what people have spoken over me versus what God actually has to say. Mm -hmm. um, kind of maybe my portion that I would add into it, I think obviously it's really important that we get scripture in our hearts, right? Yeah. I think all three of us have kind of grown up in church. For those who have never really opened the Bible, the reason why it's so important, it's not just like it's a Christian duty for you to do, yeah. but the reason why scripture is so important is it gives us the framework to understand what God actually says, yes. what he really thinks, yeah. his opinion about certain items versus like just what we hear on the news or what our parents say or what our culture tells us or what our own emotions feel like because at the end of the day that voice sometimes will come in conflict what we want for ourselves yeah. right and so if we want to be obedient to God we have to be able to distinguish even the the things that we don't want to do that we know we should do yeah. um, I think the other side of it that I would maybe just add is like there are, it's kind of the characteristic thing, but to give people a practical example. So there was a meeting I was having with a student. I hadn't talked with this guy in months, right? And I just wanted to kind of catch up, see how he was doing, and make sure like life was going okay. And you know, you kind of start with your basic conversation and yada yada. And I just was like in the middle of that conversation in my head thinking, Lord, um, I don't really know like how to dive deeper, right? I don't know what question to ask. Um, and he brought up something about like, yeah, he was dealing with a little bit of unforgiveness in an area mm -hmm. and it kind of seemed vague and it was kind of like, okay, you know, like, great, you're working on it. But I said, Lord, I need your help. And I really felt like the Lord said to me, you need to ask a further question about yeah. that unforgiveness. Mm -hmm. I just, it was two seconds, right? Mm -hmm. And I had a choice to say, ah, you know, no, I think he's good. Or just say, hey, what do, what do you mean by that? Like, yeah. what are you really wrestling yeah. with? Mm -hmm. And so I chose to be like, okay, hey, you know, you said this. Like, what do you mean exactly? Like, if you don't mind me asking, like, you, you say this is an issue. What are you having trouble 
not forgiving. And it swung open this huge door yes. of conversation about, and I won't go into his personal, mm-hmm. but like just family issues that led into personal issues that like led into something that person was really struggling mm-hmm. with. You know what I mean? And yeah. all of a sudden what seemed like a surface level yeah, I have kind of this problem over here. Mm. Led to the real issue that God wanted yeah. to address. Yeah. Yeah. And even that person ended up saying things and confessing mm-hmm. things that they had never said before, right? Yeah. Um, and that's, to me, in those moments, I realized, okay, that was God's voice. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because it led to a moment of healing. It led to a moment yeah. of confession and a, of reconciliation. And so then, you know, when I'm in the, the, the gas station getting my petrol... And all of a sudden, I can see, we mentioned it in the previous podcast, I see a lady who looks a little sad. I'm like, hey, like, what's going on? And all of a sudden, she says to me, oh, my, my life sucks right now. Like, and then in that moment, I'm like, I just hear God's voice say, you need to pray for her, right? Yes. And, and then you do it. And I think the more that you hear that voice, yep. and then you respond, yeah. it's kind of like what you guys are saying. You'll grow to understand, this is God's voice. This yeah. is what's speaking to me. Um, the character issues, right? All yeah. of us have them. And sometimes we we literally are blind to them. We have no clue that this rubs people the wrong way yeah. or this like creates tension in relationships mm-hmm. um, or it's an unhealthy habit that we do, how we speak about other people. And the more we create that space, like you guys said, God will reveal those things yes. to us yeah. and yes. we'll kind of feel icky or we'll feel yes. weird. Right? <laughs> you know, I always used to say this, but like now I don't feel right about it. And that is another way I feel like we can distinguish God's voice and we have a choice. Every time we hear God's voice, we have a choice. Are we going to obey it as no, a disciple not. to Jesus or are we just going to say, ah, you know, I'll work on that later. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so I think that is a key way that being with Jesus, right? We hear, we spend time in his presence and those things um, are how we hear his voice, how we spend time with him. Mm. I think there's a few other practices. Um, obviously, prayer is a part of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I would just say prayer, at least in my mind, I'll let you guys share as well, mm-hmm. is just that that taking that time to shut everything else off because we live in a very distracted age of mm. Instagram, WhatsApp, TikTok, and just saying, God, this time is yours yes. mm. to say whatever you need mm-hmm. to say. Um, and I find myself a lot listening to podcasts or audiobooks in the car. And sometimes I just feel like the Lord says, shut it off. You know, it's, mm-hmm. there aren't bad things, but like you haven't sat in my presence and given me space to yeah. speak. Yeah. Um, and we really need that as human beings. We are not meant to be just blasted yeah. with distraction 24-7. But yeah, maybe there's a few other practices you guys want to share or you can think of that have been helpful to you. What do you think about fasting? Huh? <laughs> Um, I think um, a couple of weeks ago at church, we were having a youth service and we were speaking about the in-betweens, so mm. Monday to Saturday. Yeah. What does my Christian life look like from Monday to Saturday? Because yeah. Sunday is easy to be like, I'll go to church, but what is the in-between? Yeah. And some of the like things that were spoken about were worship and praise. And it was not just worship in... Like we spoke in the in the podcast previous podcast that like worship isn't just like singing and all that, yeah. but it is also yeah. singing. It's sitting in your in God's presence and listening to His music and singing worship to Him. And the man that was preaching was speaking about David, and he's like he wishes he knew God so much that he could write songs mm-hmm. to God. Mm-hmm. And it's like 
and that like just blew my mind because it was mm. like if I'm in God's presence enough, I could be able to write like David. Mm. Mm. And that's that's one thing that it is. It's worship, and then there's fasting that you just asked about. <laughs> Our <laughs> <And> favorite one. <laughs> Um, with fasting, I grew up in a place where fasting was regular. Mm. So in our local church, we have fasting every single month. We have fasting for a week. And then yep. January, we have fasting for the whole month. And it's a six to six fast. So no one eats in your church. <laughs> <laughs> I just mess with you. No wonder why you're so small. <laughs> Could be it. <laughs> knowing fasting is something I yeah. have to do mm. and I didn't understand yeah. what fasting was and then I got to high school where I was taught that fasting is giving up something mm. in order to hear like from God something that's that it's okay there's two parts of it the one for the food is I'm getting myself to a point that I'm hungry so that when I am I hunger for God mm. and then with like other things it's things that have been put in place that I've put in my life yeah. that are distracting me from the voice of God. Mm. So I practice both. So sometimes I'll fast social media completely yeah. and then sometimes I'll fast food. And you find that in fasting it just does something. Yes. <laughs> it's like you you get to a level that you never thought you would reach spiritually. Mm. And you get to a level where you receive from God things you never thought you'd hear from Him. Yeah. And there's certain things that come out of that place of fasting that you're like, whoa, God, you mm. did that. And yeah. it's like, I remember the first time I fasted, I was doing grade seven and we were about to write exams. And I was like, mommy, daddy, I'm going to fast for these exams. And my parents were like, whoa, okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're like mm. 11, 12. What are you <laughs> thinking? And I remember I went to a Christian school again in primary. So I remember telling the school, one of my coaches, and he was like, Tiamo, every time at break time, instead of playing with others, just go into the chapel and pray. Mm. And I was like, God, this is in your hands. You're going to help me pass. And throughout the year, I was getting like average marks, B, C, sometimes mm. A's. And I remember for my final mark, I got A stars in all of them. Wow. And I was like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> that's the power of fasting. And mm. it was like, it opened something in me because it, it grew a hunger in me yeah. that I was like, I want more of this and yeah. I want to know you more, God. I want to be in that place way more. Yeah. And I think, yeah. 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 For me, fasting has been the most humbling moment in my life, you know. In the sense of like that's when God just come and talks. I feel like for me fasting is when the most time God kind of came and told me things about myself the mm -hmm. most, you know, and yeah. then it just come and highlights a lot of things about myself and just giving me that opportunity to work on those things with him, you know, not just saying, Hey, there's this thing you have to work on it, you know, but I kind of giving him space to come and help me and work with that, you know. Uh, there's a funny thing. I have a friend in Mozambique. His name is Ephraim, and he just whenever it's fasting, he's just like say, "Hey, this is uh, a celebration uh, discipline, <laughs> you know. So we have to celebrate this, you know." But you started, you started with yes, I want to celebrate, but then like three hours later, it's not a celebration. But it's just this humbling thing yeah. when you just start realizing like. 
you know what, even this important thing for me, which is food, you know, God, I don't want this to become, you know, like just this really big, important, more important than you, you know, so I just mm. want to give this, you know, give this up, you know, to just yeah. kind of say that you are the most important thing for my life, you know, even this WhatsApp that I've been wasting a lot of time on, you know, it's yeah. not the most important thing from you, you know, so it's just that, that also that, that, that uh, position of you saying like, you know, I see all these things that I think they're important, but I want to make sure that these are not important and not stealing my time with you. And other discipline that I really like is uh, just silence, mm -hmm. you know, being silent. Because we, uh, we like to talk, you know, we like to mm -hmm. just come and just pour everything we have with God, which is a really good thing thing to do, you know, just come and talk to him, just share everything that happened and everywhere, you know. But you also need to be silent with yep. him, you know. You also need to just shut up, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and just be like, you know, like, God, here I am. Yeah. Mm. You know? And then on those moments, you start having amazing experience. There were times for me that it was so confusing because... I was so silent, spending silence time with God that when it comes to people saying, hey, we're praying in a group prayer, you know, we're praying in blood, Paul will go ahead and pray. For me, it was just so confusing for me. Was like, I don't know what to say because I normally just stay quiet. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So it just kind of like, yeah. because I started with just talking, 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 and then I mm -hmm. learned about the silence and then I started practicing silence. So mm -hmm. that was yeah. the thing that I would do the most, you know, just be silent and everything, you know. And we need to be silent. Yeah. I remember mm -hmm. the recent stories. Just I had this this friend who came and visited me. You know, the friend was just going through some things and everything. And for me, just like as a journalist, as someone who likes to talk and just everything, I was just trying to, to help help my friend. Like, hey, yeah, you know, I went through this. You know, maybe do this and that and that and that. And then they just realized that 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 friend of mine is going through this for so long that she heard everything, you know, everything that I say she had like 10 times, she heard that 10 times, you know, so like, okay, maybe this is the time for me to just be silent and just say, God, please come and talk to this person personally, you know, and that's when I had that experience, you know, that that's when God has spoke to, the, to, to, to my friend and my friend, you know, was just, you know, when you know, had some reaction that never had in that yeah. moment and just peace that never had in that moment, you know. Mm -hmm. So silence, it's, yeah. a, it's yeah. a one discipline. No, me. that's great. And I think that is a really hard one to practice at yeah. the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just but honestly, some of the, the coolest moments of God speaking happen in those, mm -hmm. in those moments. Yeah, I think, Tiama, you bring a great point about worship as well in the sense of there's just something about when we're in the presence of God. And if you've never experienced it, it's hard to like put it into words. But it's just like when you experience God's presence, even some of the questions that we have don't need to have a defined answer in order for us to have peace, if that makes sense. Like God's presence alone is the answer that we needed. We just didn't realize yes. it. At least that's how it's been in my life at times. Um, and I think fasting as well has revealed in me just like, I'm not really that great of a person. Yeah. Like, it's really yeah. easy to believe that we're like a pretty, you know, everyone's like, well, I'm a pretty good person. It's like, uh, take away three square meals a day and like, you know, like get rid of your coffee and you're really not actually that great of a human being at your base level. Yeah. And so I think it really strips away some of the, like you said, it's a humbling experience because it strips away some of that like facade that we yes. can put on, right? And it allows God to maybe reveal to us 
Like, uh, you, you kind of have some things to work on still. Yeah. You know? And I look at Jesus and his temptations. Like, the temptations were a part of the fasting, but the fasting was also the, the way he was able to overcome those things, yeah. right? Yeah. And then to step into the vocation of ministry. So Jesus started his ministry with fasting. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's obviously an important practice. So I think we can move on to maybe the next, which is, so we did be with Jesus. Now it's to be like him. So to kind of reiterate, this is this idea of we look at the master, the one that we're trying, you know, Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Meaning if you connect yourself to my way of life, it's actually easy. It's not so burdensome yeah. as you think. Because the way that you're going right now, your life is hectic. It's anxiety ridden. It's stressful. You feel like you have to hustle to make things happen. But if you yoke yourself to me, it's actually a lighter burden. And I think that is not the way people see the, the, the life of God. They see it as rules. They see it as, man, I'm going to get beat down if I like mess up. But that is not the life that Jesus yeah. is offering. He's actually offering a life of peace, a life of joy, mm. um, despite circumstances. So I think when it comes to practicing the life of Jesus, I'm going to hand it over to you guys in a second. It this is where reading our Bibles really does matter, yeah. especially the Sermon on the Mount, which is Matthew 5 through 8, I believe, 8 or 7. And it really is, you know, we've read that as kind of like, okay, these are challenging things, but it's the roadmap to the yes. kingdom of yeah. God life. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, to, be, to become like Jesus, we actually have to practice mm -hmm. um, the life of Jesus. So yeah. I don't know what your guys' initial thoughts on that are. Okay. <laughs> um, when it comes to being like Jesus, it's I think because I grew up in a Christian home, I always knew what the model or right Christian had to look like. Mm -hmm. So it was very easy to be religious and to yes. model what a Christian yeah. should look like and didn't actually live out mm -hmm. that. I hope that makes sense. It was um, I knew the right things to do, the right things to say, but I wasn't doing it from the right place. Mm, yeah. And I think that is a vital part of it. It's living like Jesus is also a heart issue. Yeah, that's good. It's like understanding that you're not doing this because you have to, you're doing this because you want to. Mm. And because you want to live more like Jesus and you want to bring, I think, light to the world, mm. to a world that is full of darkness. And because also I grew up in a place where I didn't, I said it previously, I didn't really know who Jesus was and I didn't have the right picture yeah. of him. Mm -hmm. I, it was difficult to live like him. I was like, bro, I'm, I'm loving people. <laughs> I'm nice. <laughs> I'm all the things that the book says I tick all the boxes. But there were certain, there are certain things in the heart that you don't realize yeah. that actually live opposing to him. Yeah. And it's like, little things like jealousy that mm. you don't usually see it's like you're jealous of this person Tiamo, but you say you're living like jesus mm. and it's also in relationship after reading the bible's number one you have to know the word and know mm. who jesus was in order for you to live like him but also like um oh my goodness i lost my train of thought <laughs> um so yes living like jesus you're saying relationship. Oh, yes. And relationship, having a relationship with him also helps because 
you won't change in one day and i won't all of a sudden okay i've given my life to jesus everything i was bad that i was doing is gone it's not gonna happen in a day it's yeah how allowing him to work in you and work through you and to dig down all the deepest darkest things that are Mm. in your heart that you probably don't see Mm. and yeah yeah i think that's the biggest i think that's a great point too in the sense of the we talked about in the previous one about habits, right? Mm. Yeah. Our habits form what we love. So if we really love Jesus, we want to create the kind of habits that are going to put his life into practice. Yes. Yeah. If I really want a healthy marriage, I have to practice, put in the habits of being a good husband. It's not mm. enough just to go to work, come home, sit on the couch and watch yeah. TV because I'm tired. Like I really have to create the habits of my life. And in turn, as I create those habits, I'm going to love my wife more. Yes. Yeah. Whereas obviously if I make the opposite habits, if all I do is just want to watch football at a time and like do what I want to do, my love for my wife will diminish because she then becomes the object that is opposing what I want. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so I think in the same way with Jesus, like it's not about do all the right things, check all the right boxes, yeah. but it's about is our life orientated towards a love towards mm-hmm. him? And if it yeah. is, then we will naturally want to grow in the areas yeah. that he's revealing to us. I yeah. think one of the big things for me is the more I know Jesus, I feel like the more I recognize, wow, I still have a lot to work yes. on, right? It, it's almost like it reveals more in a loving way. It's not like this super <laughs> guilt-ridden way, but it's like, man, I'm not always the greatest dad. Yeah. Or I'm not always the greatest friend. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be like that, yeah. right? You talk about the competitive thing. Oh, I'm just playing a game. I'm just being competitive. Mm-hmm. But as the love of Jesus takes hold of you, you recognize that when you are in that attitude or mindset, it actually hurts relationship. Yeah. Whereas the selfish mindset is, well, I don't care. That's their problem. Yeah. But the Christ-like mindset is, why would I want a destructive yeah. habit in my life, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, versus a life-giving habit? Yeah, but yeah go ahead, Paul. Yes. Uh, it's, it's, it's so interesting, the thing about becoming, becoming like Jesus, you know, because it's just something that uh, you, you have to put energy on it. I, I really like this passage from Paulo, you know, when he says, like, I struck my body in the mm. sense that, mm. so whatever I'm saying, I'm teaching, you know, I am not missing it at the end, you know, and I'm, I'm not missing it, you know. Mm. You know, in a sense, like, it, it, before he said that, it starts with the example of athletes, you know, they, yeah. they train and everything, you know. But, and I just feel like sometimes we ignore that part, you know. Yeah. Sometimes mm. we ignore that, hey, you were in this race, you know, so you are an athlete in this race. So you have to kind of train your body, you know, train your mind to be able to do all these things, you know. You kind of have to train your mind instead of seeing that person, you know, as someone who can come and satisfy your desires, you know, is someone that you have to love, you know. Mm-hmm. You have to train your mind in the sense that, you know, that person is just not that person who will come and give you money and everything, you know, but someone that first you have to love, you know. Yeah. So you kind of have to train your mind in all these aspects, you know, with generosity, you know, like, I just, like, gather all these things for me, you know, but I kind of have to share with all other people, you know. And for me, I feel like, one of the big things that I really like is just go through the, the, the fruits of spirit, you know, it's just looking at those fruits of spirit, you know, like, wait, how, what are the things here that I really struggle with, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's is becoming, you know, close, like Jesus. And what you said is very important, you know, in the sense of whenever you start spending time with Jesus, you know, he starts showing you, you know, 
flaws in you, you know, like, mm-hmm. hey, this thing is not like me, you know, I am like this, you know, you start realizing, yeah. oh, Jesus is like this, it's like this loving person, you know, you start seeing that, oh, well, Jesus is up here, you know, and <laughs> I'm down here, you yeah. know, so I have to slowly, you know, just yeah. get mm-hmm. up there, you know, and get to meet him, because I, it is, he is my friend, you know, it's this person mm-hmm. that I'm spending a lot of time yeah. with, I'm asking him questions and everything, so I have to slowly, you know, yeah. walk there, and then he shows you, you know, one thing I really like is Anti Wright says in, in I think it's surprised by hope uh, is it has this image about uh, Beethoven you know he says imagine that you want to become you want to play keyboard just like Beethoven you know you have to find a keyboard sit down you know find a piano <laughs> yeah. sit down you know and then start and placing your hand there yeah. you know and then the mm-hmm. holy spirit is like this person will start teaching you you know do this you know do this mm-hmm. way and then slowly as you practice you know your fingers start getting used to how yeah. fast you're supposed to do you know so yeah. the holy spirit is the one that comes and guides us you know yeah. in our way to become like jesus that's mm-hmm. great no, I, and something, I'm going to throw it in because I wanted to, in my earlier thoughts before we recorded the missions podcast, uh, I wanted to mention this idea of story, right? We're all people driven by a story. Yeah. That's just how human beings are, right? Mm-hmm. All of us have crafted in our minds a narrative for our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and the world has competing stories, right? Yes. Yeah. The Our culture has a narrative, you know what I mean, that tells us who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, different agendas have narratives, you know, whether it be like the LGBTQ, they have a narrative of what it means to be human. Mm-hmm. Um, scientists, if you live in kind of Scientology, not science, that's its own thing, but like if you live as science as your worldview, mm-hmm. it says that we're apes, we basically just need to evolve and that we need to keep the human race going, right? That's a narrative that people believe about ourselves. So it changes how we live, right? Yeah. So then it becomes, we need to do everything that we can to progress as quickly as we can, right? Before, without going extinct or, you know, in different narratives, LGBTQ, who your identity is wrapped up in your sexuality, right? So sexuality as a consequence becomes the identifying marker and the storyteller of who you are. But the Bible and Jesus specifically uh, has a competing narrative to those things Mm -hmm. of like, this is what God is doing for the world, in the world, in our lives. And so if we believe that Jesus really is who he says he is, if God's story really is true, then our lives have to begin to form the habits to fit into that narrative, right? And that's kind of the whole reason why Actually, I think it's right after this episode. We're going to start the biblical story series because the Bible is a narrative and it's going somewhere. It's telling a specific story. And as disciples to Jesus, we have to understand that story in order to align our lives with what God is speaking over us and over our world. And part of that is to become like Jesus, um, because in order to be like Jesus, we have to understand the story that we're living in. Right. Um, So I think obviously the habits that we practice form us into that kind of person. And as we form into that person, then we can begin to do the things that Jesus did, right? The Bible promises us that. The early disciples did what Jesus did. Now, were they exact replicas? No, Jesus says no one is going to be greater than the master, but you can be like the master, right? And so they went on this lifetime journey of becoming more like Jesus. And so, yeah, I think it's not out of the realm of possibility for people to really bring the kind of hope and peace and joy that Jesus did, yes. right? 
Um, and maybe you guys can share an example of how you've seen your life do the things that Jesus did, right? Because I know there's very distinct stories for both of you where there's been moments where you acted and God moved powerfully, right? Yeah. So maybe you can just share uh, briefly a story. Yeah. I'm thinking for you when we did prayer in action. <laughs> Well, actually, that tied in for both of you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is an encouragement to these guys. Do you yeah. need to say to think about it? I threw um, you on the spot. Eh? Yeah, I'll have to think about it. Okay, for me, um, one of the big things, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about two of the so which one. But for me, one of the big things is in Mozambique, when I was starting, you know, this walk and to just practice God's presence and just inviting Jesus into my life, into whatever's happening in that specific moment, you know. Yeah. So for me, I was just in this public transportation. We have these big buses in Mozambique, you know. Uh, we, we go into, so I was, I, it was a Sunday, I was going to church that day, you know. And I just got into this bus and one lady was sitting on, on my left, on the left side, on the, side, on the other side of the bus and everything, you know. And I just like I just said, God, what do you want me to share to this lady? You know, what do you mm -hmm. want me to to say to this lady? So I just closed my eyes, and when I closed my eyes, I was just seeing this lady's knee. You know, just like the constant image that would come was this lady's knee. This lady's knee I was like, what? This is so mm -hmm. so weird. So then the person who was was. Um, the person was coming around and collecting the money to pay the tire, the, the bus. And I was like, okay, maybe the best way to start the conversation with her is to pay her, you know. But so I said, oh, I, I, I paid for her and then everything. She was like, oh, thank you. And then I approached her. I was like, uh -huh. how are you? And she was like, I'm fine. And I was like, what's going on with your knee? I just went straight to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, what's going on with your knee? And she, she showed this very surprised face, like, mm. what? Yeah. How, how do you know? Um, yeah. I don't know what's going on with your knee. She was like, I have pain with my knee, you know, it's just been bothering me, but how do you know and everything? So I had to explain it, hey, I'm practicing, uh, listening to God, and I just, when I was praying for you, you know, sitting there, I was like, God, show me something mm. to say about mm -hmm. this lady, you know. And then it was just showing me your knee, you know, and everything. And she was so surprised, you know, and I was so happy with everything, you know. I just, you know, like, just being there, you know, just yeah. sharing that with her. And then she's seeing that God sees her knee, you know, God mm. sees her pain. And then God showed me her pain, even without knowing her and everything, you know. I didn't see her coming in, and I, I didn't see anything, you know. Just saw her sitting there, just mm. praying for her. And then God showed me specific things that she's going through, yeah. you know, in that exact moment. The same thing happened here in Botswana. Yeah. You know, with a lady, God just showed me uh, a yeah. thing that she was going through, you know, so, so like, yeah. That's great. Mm -hmm. No, I think that's a perfect example. Um, I think for me, I, w I was going to go with, like, a word that I was given, but mm. I think Paolo gave an example of that. And living like Jesus, speaking about that is, I, I usually post on my status of like how my journey with God is going and where I fall short and stuff like that. I, I, I just believe that if it's the truth and I know I'm falling short, I should mm. be able to share with others so that they can be encouraged too yeah. while I'm getting encouraged. And I just did it because, okay, Tiamo, you're doing it. 
And the other day, a friend of mine sent me a message and she was like, you know, Tiamo, every day or every week, I look forward to you posting mm. about how your life and journey with Christ is going because I remember and it reminds me that I don't have to be perfect mm. and that God is continually working in my life. And I think that just like, it was a whoa moment for me because mm. I was like, this little thing that I didn't realize yeah. was making a big impact in people's lives. Yeah is something that probably is changing somebody's yeah. life out there because I know I know a lot of people that are probably not Christian and all that and it's like it also sparks conversations and stuff yeah. like that so it's like even in the little things there's yeah. big things that could come out of there I think yeah definitely no that's great and yeah I would just say in my own life I, I feel like okay we're all giving unique examples so I'll get, <laughs> I think even this kingdom movement, like this idea that God birthed in our hearts, um, Jesus came to create a family that was centered on God's truth and love to bring hope to the world, right? Yes. And so part of that distinction is like he called his disciples to do the same thing, you know what I mean, in the capacity that he's given them. And I feel like this, this burden, I would say, a good burden, like one that weighs on my heart, um, from a place of love is to see that family grow in Botswana and really it's been cool by just stepping out in faith as a family moving to a country that we don't really know a whole lot about seeing that there really was a hunger from people that wanted this kind of community uh, is just another sign of what Jesus can do right through our lives in obedience and that when we step out in obedience Jesus does what Jesus does he empowers us to do what he does right um, so I think all these are just Great examples for you guys, the listeners, that like when you just step out in obedience, when you begin to practice the life of Jesus, he is going, he, he's faithful, right? He's yeah. going to show up. He's going to speak to your life. Mm -hmm. He's going to empower you to do the things that uh, he does himself. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what he's promised us. And that's part of discipleship. And it, I think to maybe kind of cap this off, it's a journey, right? Mm -hmm. All, none of us sitting at this table would say that we've made it by any stretch of the <laughs> imagination. But that doesn't mean that we're not going to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the verse that really encourages me, I believe, oh, I want to say it's, maybe it's Paul. Yeah, I think it's Paul. I'm blanking on where it's at. But he talks about building this house, right? Mm -hmm. And there's going to come this refining fire. Mm -hmm. And there's the house that's made of like the stubble and the yeah. straw and it gets basically burnt up. And he says that person will escape the flames, but like only by a little bit, right? Yeah. And then there's the house that's made of the fine jewels and metals and it can handle the heat. Yeah. And it's, in a sense, um, a parable of our lives, right? Mm -hmm. What we build our lives, what we're making it of, the materials, right? The habits, the person we're becoming. When that refining fire comes, when judgment comes, judgment in a good sense, um, it's going to refine everything out of us that yes. isn't lasting, right? Mm -hmm. And some of us in our current state, don't have a whole lot that would last yeah. who we are, right? Yeah. Yeah. But the more we grow to be like Jesus, the more there's not going to be that much that needs to get burned off of yeah. us. You know what I'm saying? And I think at the end of the day, I want to stand before Jesus um, as refined as I can already be. Yeah. You know, to become more and more like the person Jesus wants me to be. Because at the end of the day, discipleship is always a progressing thing, yes. right? And if we're not moving closer towards Jesus, we're moving in an opposite yeah. direction, right? We're, yeah. And all of us, all of us have narratives and voices and a master over our lives. Jesus says that, right? You can't have two masters yeah. because you will always have one. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so 
I think it's really important that we reflect on our own lives. Um, what is the master of our life right now? What is the driving force? Is it money? Is it financial security? Is it, you know, even good things like family? But those things, when put in their improper place, can become idols in our lives, right? The masters that drive us and eventually enslave us. Um, but if we are willing to put Jesus as that master, the one that we want to apprentice our lives to, we really find freedom. We find a new way of being human, I would say. So that's discipleship, I feel like. I don't know. Do you guys have any other final thoughts before uh, we wrap this thing up? They're looking at each <laughs> If not, it's okay. But to wrap the whole thing up. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, I'll wrap it up, but do you have any final thoughts? Um, not really. Praise God. Paulo? Uh, no, actually. Okay. Yeah. Well, we've totally hit discipleship 100, 100%. 100%, but uh, no, guys, we're so grateful for you, the listener, and we hope that this has encouraged you on your own discipleship journey, maybe given you a few tools and a roadmap to kind of just think about how we can apprentice our lives to Jesus. So we'll catch you next time, and we're starting our Biblical Story series. So yes. looking forward to that. All right, peace. Hey, everyone. This is just a brief reminder that if you've had a question come up from this discussion, or you just have a question in general that you want to ask us on the podcast, uh, now is the time to do it. We want to make sure that we get these questions in for the end of the season Q and R, uh, and we cannot wait to hear your guys' questions, to read them, and to be able to respond. But we can't do that unless you send them to us. So make sure if you're a part of Kingdom Movement already, you can personally message us your question, or you can send them via our Instagram, and we will make sure to read those, and hopefully we will answer your question on the season finale question and answer, uh, question and response episode. All right, thanks guys.